0: Welcome back to In The Margins. This is Josh Lund here with Matt Fisk. Heyo. We're excited to be back with you guys today. Today we're going to be going through Mark chapter 1 verses 14 through 20. And man, Mark just continues to blow my mind. Keeps bringing some awesome stuff.
1: Yeah, keeps bringing really cool stuff. And and I feel like going after... The deeper things and reading Mark in ways that I haven't done before, challenging myself to see things that weren't there before that I didn't notice before has really brought. It's like going from watching a movie that I loved, but in black and white to now it's in full, rich color. And and it's just awesome. Remastered. Absolutely. Yeah. Loving it.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Mark's, uh, excuse me, Brian's going to be preaching on this on Sunday. And uh, so he may hit on a lot of things that we talk about today, but hopefully we can bring some uh, really great things out of the text to edify all that we get out of it and um, just help us to know God better.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. You want me to read it? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, Mark chapter 1, starting verse 14. The gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. He called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Awesome. Cool. I feel like this is a story I've heard a lot of times. So many times. And I bring this up all the time when I study the Bible with people when I'm studying discipleship and what it means to follow and all that stuff. I feel like I've got sound bites on sound bites of what this passage is supposed to mean.
0: Right. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men.
1: Yeah. Fishers of men. I got to go share my faith. Right. And then the, uh, the other one is the immediately dropping my nets. What are my nets? What are, you know, yeah. you just got to drop them and give up and, everything, which isn't, nobody's disagreeing with that. That's of course, but that's like the, that's only one side of it.
0: Right. We, we tend to look at that as the pinnacle of, of this text. Right. But maybe there's more. Is there more, Josh? Uh, Did you find more? I'm not sure. I, I, let, let's find out together. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that stuck out to me is right there in the beginning. Um, you know, a couple of things in just that very first verse. It says, "Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God." Um, a couple of things stick out to me. It's first of all that Jesus's ministry—it doesn't begin while he's being tested, right? It doesn't begin at his baptism. Uh, it begins when John's arrested, right? That's when he goes out. That's when he starts to preach. Huh?
1: Yeah, look at that.
0: Um, oh, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. What is that about? You'd think if you're coming proclaiming good news about a new kingdom, that it wouldn't begin with your messenger, your herald getting arrested.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Oh, man. Because I always, you're right. I always think he gets baptized and then he, you know, he goes in the wilderness and then he's, I'm ready to go and ready to start. But that's crazy that he actually, it's, and Mark puts it there very specifically. It's just sticking out like a sore thumb now john was arrested and now i'm going to start well, yeah, what do you think it's funny because it's not even until mark 8 that he even
0: explains john's arrest and all that kind of stuff so it's like he he puts a little chunk in here
1: yeah for
0: some reason and then he's huh. like well let me i'll touch on it later but just so you know jesus's ministry starts here
1: yeah do you come up with anything for that that's yeah you know
0: I, I i don't know i think i mean it definitely falls in line with the 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 paradox that, that Mark has of this human versus divine understanding of things, right? Where it's a, a human might think, hey, you know, we're taking over We're, you know, this is the idea of a kingdom, you know, where the herald comes before the emperor and, and and you know, it's just a
1: kingdom that, that's overpowering. They shot the messenger. That's what they did. They, they arrested did. the messenger. They-, <laughs> they said, don't shoot the messenger. That's literally what they did. And so I'm thinking, do you ever see 300? Yeah. You know, so like when the guy comes at the beginning and they the the big powerful kingdom sends a messenger to say surrender or, right. or or die and they kick him down a well. This is spot. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's what they did. They yeah. they well, I mean, they arrested him. And so now I guess we've been talking about that. The the Roman kingdom, like you said, and, and now Jesus is, is coming in and it's like two kings clashing and this is like wow. the first time they're gonna do that. Yeah. Ugh, chills, man.
0: Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, yeah, the idea of two kingdoms colliding. Mm. I mean, this is where it begins,
1: and that—that that is discipleship. Mm. It is the kingdom of God clashing with the kingdom of the world, and what and how that's going to live out. But then that makes me think, Josh, is that when kingdoms collide in the world, it's—I mean, it's war, right? <laughs> People die. Yeah, and so I—I I, because of the themes that we've already kind of started to take a look at, I'm I'm gonna have my eyes looking for that like whoa, what's this gonna look like what do kingdoms colliding look like when jesus is involved
0: right yeah i mean you see it all the time right world wars have begun because a major person of somebody's government or or royal family has been killed
1: what's that like i mean i don't even know what that looks like i'm completely kidding oh, okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I, I mean yeah so you'd you'd imagine right jesus yeah. this uh emperor is coming in bringing the big guns but that's that's not exactly what we see
1: yeah, I think that's something to keep a look out for because you don't actually yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Well,
0: well, one other thing that stuck out to me in in this first verse is that, um, you know, well for John, you know, what did people have to do to um, accept his message? Uh, where they was to, they had to go to him? They had to go out, right? Yeah. And 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 it, he wasn't like just like you know, kind of on the edge of town. I mean, He was way outside in the wilderness, right? Yeah. Like it was it was you have to go and find God. Mm-hmm. You have to go and find this message. But it, it says very particularly that after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee. Huh. And so it's the message is going from one where we have to seek to one where God is now. It, it almost seems like yeah. God is seeking us.
1: No, that's absolutely true. And Jesus has even, is God coming to his people? Mm. and Which is different. You're right. Because John was like, hey, halfway between in the wilderness between Galilee and, and Jerusalem. And so now it's Jesus going, okay, yeah, I'm going to bring it to you just in case you hadn't heard. Oh, that's cool. I like that. It's more of God's character. Kind yeah. of actually it gives me a little bit more like encouragement and hope? Cause I don't always feel like I have the ability or I have the internal strength to go to God. And it's just, that's kind of cool that he goes, okay, I'm, there are times I'm going to come to you. And right. in fact, when Jesus comes, I'm going to come to you. I love that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Josh.
0: Yeah. Cool. So very encouraging. I feel like it's something that we'll actually see as we keep reading this is Jesus going after people love it. rather than them going after him.
1: Okay, can I, can I go into the next part and show you what I found? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, so the next thing, it says, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, Josh, what is Jesus preaching? The gospel. Okay, when I read this, I have looked over this a million times before and never noticed this part. It says he's preaching the gospel, and then he and then he says, "Believe in the gospel." If you were going to define what the gospel message is, what what would you have said?
0: God is saving His people. Uh, Jesus
1: dying on the cross for me. Yeah, exactly. Every time that I've thought the gospel, it's Jesus dies on the cross for your sins because the wages in His death. And you need to be saved. Jesus takes the punishment and he's going to forgive you and believe in him, repent and get baptized. And then you can be with him in heaven someday. It sounds like heaven. good news to me. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not good news. What I'm saying is that none of that is included with this because it, it. he says, I'm proclaiming the gospel. Then he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus hasn't died yet. There has been no sacrifice from him to make any of that stuff that we traditionally associate with the gospel to be effective.
0: Wait, so what you're saying is that when Jesus heard the word and used the word gospel, he didn't mean... Hey, I'm going to the cross to die for you to go to, go to heaven. Yeah. And,
1: and if we look through the book of Mark, it doesn't mean that he's not, that's not a huge part of what he's planning to do. And not that that has nothing to do with this kingdom. What I'm saying is that that is not the main thrust Wow. because he's already, he's preaching it at the beginning here. He, he's, he says, okay, the time is fulfilled. Yeah. Like here's the gospel message. The kingdom is here. And so what that looks like to me is that the gospel message is much more closely tied to the kingdom of God coming than it does Jesus dying on the cross for your personal issues. But hear me right. That's they're not mutually exclusive, but I think that Jesus reconciling us to himself is part of his kingdom, but it's only one aspect of his kingdom. So for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh! I've made Jesus's entire gospel message about myself. Wow! It and just in true Western individualistic American consumer Christianity, whatever. I've made Jesus' gospel message about me.
0: Wow! Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, when you when you put it like that, right? I mean, the good news to me is I get to go to heaven. Look what Jesus did. I, I get to,
1: which is awesome.
0: Yeah, which is great. But it's my kingdom mm-hmm. that I'm excited about. Yeah. It's 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 what i'm getting um yeah and 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 jesus um is bringing something else and and man how does that match up with the clashing of kingdoms right like yeah there is a clash of kingdoms well there it
1: is this is what we're talking about it's it's more kingdom it's kingdom versus kingdom and oh man this is just it's getting rich richer and richer as we're going through this so cool just just in case like i offended anybody I'm not saying that you're like not saved and it's not part of the gospel message and you know your your faith is good. I'm just saying there's a whole aspect of this that there are implications and we don't even know what they are yet because we're so early in the book of Mark. We don't even know exactly what <clears throat> what that kingdom looks like. As 21st century American Christians, we think we know what that kingdom looks like. We think we know what that gospel message is, but maybe just maybe there's something that we're not seeing. There's something that we're not understanding and we got to keep digging to look. Yeah. So, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well,
0: you'd hate to miss out on a large part of the gospel. Right.
1: That's a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe I've missed Maybe how much of this gospel have I missed? Right, and and maybe it's not I've missed it. And this is the the whole idea of the Eastern versus Western mindset of we need to wrestle with this. Right, it's not a matter of of defining terms or semantics vocabulary. It's we gotta wrestle with it, Josh. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I get to wrestle with you. I like that. Yeah, yeah. you'd beat me in an actual wrestling match. There. I don't know, man. You got that like long lanky. Yeah, not like my you got that weird win- though, man. I, I can get twitchy. Oh there. Like, kind of like, oh no, this guy could snap.
0: Oh man. This is the real gold of the podcast. <laughs> Amen. So yeah, I love that, man. I mean, we're continuously seeing this clashing of kingdoms. Um, so what do we see as we as we keep going forward here?
1: Okay. Uh yeah, so this is this is the one that I think we get caught, or not caught, but it's super familiar. Jesus calling his first disciples along the Sea of Galilee. Simon and Andrew are, are, are fishermen, the casting a net, and Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you become fisher of men. Yeah. What do you get?
0: Hey, well, I think it's a pretty um, funny or unexpected transition, right? You go from the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah. And then he takes a walk along the beach and he <laughs> says, hey, fisherman, <laughs> you know come with me right like like it's it's middle to low class people you're like just walking by the water right it's yeah. it's this funny transition
1: oh man dude that's so funny that's hilarious <laughs> cuz yeah. i think you expect hey new kingdom there's a battle coming right. and somebody somebody's walking on the beach like right. Kent, Kent McKean just walking on the beach.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, right. You think he he'd be going to like some military base, right, or something? Yeah, but,
1: yeah. Um, Let's get the generals together. They're yeah, gonna, you know, I'm gonna consolidate my power, and he goes to these guys. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Can I pass on something that that um that I got from Marty Solomon's presentation thing? Yeah. Okay, so he he was talking about there are three different levels of Jewish education the The first one, and I can't remember all the different levels. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but the first level is where you were like up to maybe age. I think it was like nine or ten, maybe eleven, and that was where you needed to memorize the Torah, uh, so that if a rabbi started uh, any part in the in the Old Testament, in the 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 that you could finish it. Where he, like, if he started a sentence, you could hear it, know where he was, finish the sentence, and keep going afterwards.
0: You knew the text.
1: Exactly. Knew it by heart. If you couldn't do all of that, they would say to you, time to go home, learn your father's trade, and pray that your kids do better than you. Wow. But that was like 99% of people were told that. The second level was where they had to learn the the Midrash. So they learned the they learned the Bible. And then they learned some of the traditions, some of the teachings of the rabbis. And you had to do the same thing. If if a rabbi started to quote the Midrash, you had to know where it was, pick it up and keep going. And if you were in the 1% of that, so the 1% of the 1%, then a rabbi might call you to be a Talmud mm. or to be a disciple, to follow him. Wow. Okay, so to follow a rabbi, you had to be the very best of the very best. Like the top of the class of Harvard. Yes, exactly. It, it's wow. it's not it's not even like you got a scholarship to Harvard. It's that you landed a gig with, you know, the the smartest think tanks in Supreme the entire court. World. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the, you are the best of the very best. Wow. So, having said all that, where were where were Simon and Andrew in this like little hierarchy here?
0: Well, unless fishermen were a lot different <laughs> than they are today. Um, yeah, not so much. They, not so much. I mean, they were some blue collar, you know, working with their hands guys.
1: Yeah. So had they, been, had they been called by a rabbi? Yeah. They had been called by this rabbi, but what had happened to them before this? What had happened in their education? Well,
0: they were told, hey, go back home, work your father's trade and pray that your children will do better.
1: Yeah. And it was you know, maybe they were really dumb. I don't think they were, <laughs> but Right. maybe the, the, the ordinary unschooled men that we see in, in acts that we quote all the time, doesn't necessarily mean that they were idiots. It means that they were not called, they were not good enough in this culture. So right. when Jesus comes and calls them and he says, you know, akalotheo in Greek, and I forget what the Hebrew is. And, um, but the, the, the term for follow me, as a rabbi calling a student, right? This was not like, hey, you know, we don't even know who you are. Jesus had this X factor charisma uh, that that no one really understood, and he just went and whatever. It was that they were like, oh my gosh, we're getting a redo. It's I just got accepted into the highest of the high, the 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 top honors level courses at Harvard slash Princeton slash Yale. It's wow. it's, it's like that.
0: Well, that explains why they might do what. To us, looks absolutely insane, right? Right. They just literally leave their father and his hired men in the boat. Mm -hmm. They drop their nets like their their way of living, right? And this is this is how they made money, and they just follow this guy who maybe had been preaching for a little bit, right? Because he was preaching before this, but it does say that they don't they don't have a relationship with him as Mm -hmm. far as we know.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe not. We know in John, if you go and take a look at John one, that John had been pointing Jesus out. And that the, there's an alternative narrative that talks about how a few of them went, like Andrew went to go and, and say like, hey, Jesus, where are you staying? Right. <laughs> Almost like trying to curry favor with him. And it was like they went from being John's listeners, maybe students, to trying to get in with Jesus. So we don't exactly know, but I, I think, so what, what do I get from that historical thing? For me, what I look at that is in the past, I've just kind of looked at it as, okay, you just got to decide to drop your nets. And I think what I see now is they saw this, that walking with a rabbi, walking with a teacher was so much greater. Like this was superior to financial security. Uh, Peter maybe had his own business or whatever. Right. And, and, the the call for me is, do I look at being able to walk with Jesus as a superior calling to anything else that I'm doing? Yeah. And do I see it as me hitting the lottery or do I see it as kind of like, okay, fine, I will, I'll, I'll drop my nets today, Jesus. More like, no, this is, this is the 1% of the 1%. I couldn't be happier. I'm living the dream, uh-huh. pinching myself, doing what nobody gets to do.
0: Yeah. And this changes it all for me, right I read this, and I think, oh, the insane sacrifice mm. oh, I have to give up so much, but you know what I'll do it, jesus yeah to dude, I will get rid of anything for that opportunity are you kidding me right drop it all yeah that's yeah. um I mean it goes from um scary to exciting yeah um a a, a a call of um sacrifice to a call of opportunity,
1: yeah, so Josh, so we've been talking about the whole idea of of um referencing Old Testament stuff and and a, a Ramez, a hint from from Scripture to Old Testament. Yeah. I, 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 we had been talking off air. You said you found some stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool, right? You see this idea of being a fisher of men. Um, it does kind of stand out. It's it's an interesting phrase that Jesus kind of comes up with, and yeah. it makes sense, right? I'm going to get you fishermen I'm going to make you fisherman of men yeah. is the wording he uses there. But um, there's a couple passages in the Old Testament that I think anybody who knew their text would have immediately... Come up with. Okay. Um, The first one's in Habakkuk chapter one. It's in uh, verse 14.
1: I was going to say that, you know, because I just know Habakkuk so well.
0: Yeah. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. How dare you. Habakkuk. Go for it. It says, uh, verse 14, you make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. So he rejoices and is glad. Um you know we read this without context and it sounds good. actually, what this is talking about is the unrighteous um taking advantage of the righteous mm. uh it's the the less righteous um you know pulling in and and, and, and kind of sacrificing the righteous for their own good and that's mm. why they're glad because they've captured the people like the fish in the sea um so it's it's a bit of a judgment call
1: interesting yeah, yeah, so there's a judgment thing to that and that's that's Habakkuk one. 14 to 15. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, you know, on your own, go back and read that, have a cook one, but read the context, maybe start in verse. I'm looking at it 12 and, you know, going down to 17, look at the context to see what's not being said. Yeah. So that's cool. I thought you said you found another one. Yeah. There's, there's
0: another one. It's almost, it's super similar. It's in Jeremiah 16. Uh, We'll start in verse 15. It says, but as the Lord lives, who brought up the people of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them. For I will bring them back to their own land that I gave to their fathers. Behold, I am sending for many fishers, declares mm, the Lord, and they shall catch them. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain, every hill, and out of the clefts of the rock. Um, and again, this is a, a sign of judgment mm. that I'm going to send people out to hunt them, send people out to fish them, they're going to capture them. And if you keep going, you realize that none of their sin is hidden from God. It's not concealed from their eyes. He's going to repay their iniquity. So so it's it's a consistent message of judgment when God refers to people being fish and being captured by other people
1: that would be fishermen. So there's a component to that. And maybe they were thinking that when when Jesus calls them and says, I'll make you become fishers of men, maybe these two went through their heads. Like, oh, yeah, going to drag his net out and he's going to bring back the the wicked and the people back to jerusalem there will be judgment yeah so i i found one too and i this one's in ezekiel yeah um and okay it's in ezekiel 47 and you, you got to go back and read the context but in verse uh, nine it says and wherever the river goes every living creature that swarms will live there will be many very many fish for this water goes there that the water of the seed may become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to Enaglame. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be very many kinds like the fish of the great sea. And I think what goes on here is in other places, fish is a, is a, a, a an image for Ezekiel for many different types of people. Mm. And so even here, there's, so what you're talking about is judgment. And I think from an Eastern perspective, that would absolutely have to be part of their mindset. But maybe Jesus is also referencing this, that fishermen are going to come and get their nets, but it's going to be very, a lot of different types of fish. Meaning Jesus is establishing a kingdom that's not just for Jewish people. But maybe there's other types of people that are going to be brought in. Mm. So it's 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 this bringing back, bringing out, calling out. I'm going to catch people maybe for judgment, but maybe also for them to live.
0: It's like maybe Mark's writing to more than just a Jewish audience.
1: Yeah, it's it. Again, this is this is just it's God showing off. Yeah. And using Mark to this masterpiece of Jew and Gentile. So I love it. So uh, go back, find your own, um, check out the ones that we found. Maybe we missed them. So, but yeah, it's it's just fun to kind of go. It's like a treasure hunt.
0: And consider, you know, the context of these other remezes is that, you know, we think of judgment in, in some of these. And, um, obviously that's not what Jesus came to do. Um, it's almost as if again, um, Hey, before you guys had to go out and find me and there was judgment that I was bringing, but now I'm coming to seek you. Yeah. Um,
1: and that's a wrestling to see how, how does judgment play in your gospel and how does life play in your gospel right? and how those actually can be, are they in balance? How are they in balance? These yeah. are questions for you to, you know, think about in your drive today. Yeah. And, uh, you got anything else?
0: Yeah. Well, I think just a couple of things, um, as we wrap it up, but uh, there's a word that's going to be used all throughout the book of Mark. There's a word that's going to be used all throughout the book of Mark. And, uh, in the Greek, it's the word euthys. Um, but it's translated immediately. Okay. That immediately this happened. Yeah. Immediately this happened. Um, the first place we see it is when the Spirit, you know, comes down on Jesus. That it immediately comes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's the kind of first place we see it, which sets the stage for how Mark's going to use it throughout the rest of the book. But it's used so much that translators in the NIV omitted it twice, just in chapter one. Did like they really? Yeah. Two times. Oh wow! They they they're just like we're not even going to put it in there because it's it's so redundant. Mm. Um, but Mark keeps using it, and uh, and I think it's something to think about. Like, why is this such a prevalent word used by Mark? Marks in a hurry? Uh, maybe he's the shortest <laughs> gospel. He's like, yeah, I'll get it done. I got sixteen
1: chapters and out.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I think it has to do something. If especially the first place we see it is with the Spirit descending onto Jesus, that there is some form of authority. That you, you yeah. think about somebody with authority, you think about a king, you think about an emperor, you think about somebody who has power yeah. over you. If they tell you to do something, when do you do it?
1: Well, if they have a lot of power and a lot of authority, you do it right away.
0: Right. Yeah, you do it immediately. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody who's coming to bring judgment, yeah. possibly, mm-hmm. do you want to play games?
1: No. I mean, I do because I'm that guy. I so would have been dead.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have lasted. No,
1: <laughs> too sarcastic.
0: But there, there's this there's this idea that man Jesus has incredible authority. Where what he wants to do, it happens. Mm-hmm. What what he hopes to see happen, um, there's no time in between when he calls people, which yeah. is where we see it here. Uh, we see it in verse 17. Jesus said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And immediately they left their nets. Right, he goes, calls James and John, who were, you know, both mending their nets. Immediately, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of um, the centurion that we talked about. Uh, so, in, in like Luke seven, where there's a centurion that says to Jesus, "Come and heal my servant." He's like, "Well, I'll, I'll come over." He says, "No, no, all you got to do is say the word. I've got authority. When I say stuff, people go." And it's like Jesus. This guy gets it. This Roman centurion gets it. And then you think about the audience, which was if 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 this audience lived in Rome, then they would know exactly what it looks like when an authority figure tells you to do something. And the consequences if you don't. Right. So that's really interesting. I like it.
0: Yeah. And we're going to see that throughout the rest of Mark. And and I think we might even come up with some other reasons why Mark uses it. Um, But it's, I mean, it is all over. Yeah. Um, It's wild.
1: Yeah. So something to wrestle with and to think through about a or whenever you see immediately or right away, what's being said, what's being done and and how does that, how does that work in our hearts? What, maybe there's a question of authority that Jesus plays in our life and what's he.
0: Even that word, right? Authority. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Uh, I don't like that. Nobody.
1: Nobody from a Western point of view likes it.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How long does it take us to obey Jesus?
1: Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I, just to wrap it up, I think one thing that that I, I really pull from this is just this idea that God is coming; He's seeking us. Yeah. And He's He's not just seeking you know the best of the best; that He's seeking anybody. Mm-hmm. Um. That He's coming in, you know. Whereas before people had to go out, but even as He comes in, He's not just looking for the Harvard, you know, valedictorian. Yeah. He's seeking even the lowest, you know, people the the the, the fishermen. Those who, they weren't a standout. And uh, that's comforting for me. That is cool. Um, but, but because of that, there's an immediate response that, that I'm called to.
1: That's great. Yeah. These two kingdoms are clashing, and uh, Jesus' kingdom looks very different and is acting very different. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. That's In the Margins with Matt Fisk and Josh Lund. We just did Mark 1, verses 14 through 20. Check us out. Uh, We'll be here next week doing the next block of text. Check us out on www.nvca.academy for more stuff, more interviews, more podcasts, deeper insights, uh, and all sorts of teaching things. So we will catch you next time.
0: See you guys.